Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. In 1995, theorizing that one could time travel within their own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. After years of attempting to bring him home, the project was abandoned until now. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past facing mirror images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram can see and hear, and so finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the snarky computer tech, Karen Randazzo. Wow, do I feel underdressed. The gruff military guy, Chris Randazzo. Hey, that's the floating disembodied head of Scott Bakula. <laughs> and the helpful hologram, Angie Furnot. That pretzel cart came out of nowhere. Uh, we here on this week's episode talk television. This week was my week. I chose the new series of Quantum Leap, episode one, season one, July 13th, 1985. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Uh, just let us know what you're doing, what you're watching. Tell us if you're enjoying our conversations. Suggest something for us to watch. Um, I, we we want to hear from you because this is why we do this to, to, for you. And we want you to be a part of it. So please email us. Um, hey, guys, it's been a minute. How are you? Hi. Happy Halloween. Ooh, that's yeah. right. Happy Halloween. Ooh, that was yesterday. Happy anniversary. Thank Ooh, you. That was the day before yesterday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, for those that don't know, uh, Miss Angela and I are married, and we got married. Uh, Sorry, everyone. On the, I know I am taken. I apologize. <laughs> uh, we got married and on the thirtieth of October. So next year, be prepared to send gifts. Um, <laughs> you know, check check out the the what is this thing? Patreon. Just check there it that is. out. That, that could Patreon. be your gift. Yeah, there it is. Um, so we just celebrated that. That was nice. We went out for dinner. <coughs> did we do what else did we do for our for our anniversary? You don't remember the woman who climbed on top of you? That wasn't me. Oh, that's right. Um, we got. <laughs> we, yeah, that's right. We went and got massages. Evan got oh. his first oh. ever couples massage. His second ever massage in life. Yeah. So my Man. first massage was technically not a real massage because it was a hot stone massage, which I felt was a waste of money because they just literally took hot stones and laid them on me. That was it. And I felt I got cheated out of a lot of money. He did. This time, <laughs> this little Asian woman, I mean, I swear to God, she had a 
opposable thumbs on her feet, the way she was digging in. And there was a rig and it was, it was amazing. It was fantastic. She literally had like an over, like over the table rig that she held on to so she could like destroy him with her body. Yeah. Yeah. There were elbows, knees, feet, everything was involved. And I was underneath this slippery blanket. So for like the first two thirds of it, there was like no oil, which kind of grosses me out the longer it stays on because it was just a really slippery blanket and it was so awesome. I enjoy, and it was fun to sit in the same room listening to Angela on the other side make those weird kind of okay noise. you were the first one though I did at one point I had to like because at first he was like making a lot of noises and then after a while he got really quiet and I was like are you alive <laughs> biting my lip because it at point in time it was painful like apparently I store a lot in my shoulders and it was not, but it, it was great. And I really, really appreciate it, honey. Thank you. That was a wonderful surprise gift. You're welcome. I'm here to make Aww. you suffer. Yeah. 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 I, I see. I saw. Marriage. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. Um, and then we went out to a lovely Italian dinner. We have a, a place down here that we go to we order the same exact thing every time except we- this time i changed it up because i was like i don't <laughs> want food envy so i'm gonna get the same thing as you because guess what all right listeners after a certain point in a relationship food sharing stops being a thing okay that is what my husband my dear loving husband has taught me we don't share food so i had to get my Joey own doesn't friggin- share food i'll share it after the meal like if i bring home leftovers you're more than welcome to them you can have his leavings <laughs> yes sloppy seconds you know, Thanks, and it's babe. funny it's funny because as we were sitting at the table we were discussing how in the beginning of our relationship we used to order two meals in the thoughts of splitting those meals like she would get the hamburger i would get the chicken fingers then we would split those meals at the table yeah we don't do that anymore and i miss it i barely ask her what she's getting my, my question is are you ready because I'm ready. I know what I wanted when I was driving to this joint. Yep. It's true. <laughs> ah, love. <laughs> well, that's lovely. Happy uh, happy anniversary to you guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. you. What, what do you guys, you guys? What have you been up to? Uh, well, we have kids, so Halloween. <laughs> yeah. What were they for Halloween this year? Uh, John was an Ender Dragon from Minecraft. Oh, sick. I swear to God, I thought you said he put, he was Enter the Dragon, and I'm like, that boy dressed up as Bruce Lee, that would be awesome. But I got it now. <laughs> it would be awesome if he had any clue who that was. Yeah, I know. <sighs> um, and Ellie was a unicorn, and she had a dress with a sequined top and a tulle skirt that had LED lights in it. Oh my God. <laughs> She's so cool. She's a fucking extra. It's not even funny, but she did get a lot of compliments, and we could see her in the dark. So, so did you guys? I does I know trunk or treating is a thing now. Like that's what yes. what the norm is. Do children do normal house to house trick or treating anymore? We oh, did do yeah. that as well. Okay. Because do your people kids do say- trunk or treats, of course, but I don't you know. Regular trick or treating, I don't think has gone away. All right. Some your- places, I think it has. I think fewer people it depends where you live and stuff in our neighborhood it's sort of quiet and it's like maybe every three houses or every there'll be a clump of a couple houses and then a clump of of nobody home 
gotcha. for a couple houses, which we like. It's pretty. Our kids are still like little enough that it's like the six year old was tired after an hour. Um, <laughs> up the block for a couple blocks up from us is a neighborhood where they go hard. Every house has like over the top decorations, their own little mini haunted nice. house built in their garage. Sick. Like people in costumes acting stuff out on their lawns <laughs> and just a million people. And we don't go there because it's overstimulating. <laughs> it's too and much. I have small children that I do not want to lose in a crowd. That makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we just avoid those guys. Friends um, of, but you know, it just depends where you live. I think friends of ours that you made. So at our at our wedding, we had a, a masquerade, and they dressed up to the nines, and they're good friends of mine from high school. And via Facebook, I saw that their town or their, I guess their community, does uh, like a dual trick or treating for both adults and children. So what? each each house has something for children and something for adults so that when the, the parents are taking their kids you know from door to door the the parents get to do something and the spread that they showed via their facebook was like a, a mountain of you know awesome candy and then like a table full of jello shots and adult stuff <laughs> and i was like man that town must get tore up by the end of the night <laughs> Honestly, that's how I want it to be when we get a place. <laughs> do your kids say trick or treat? They do. They say trick or treat, and I am that mom who says, "Did you have? Do you have your manners? Did you say thank you?" <laughs> Which kind of backfired on me because at a certain point, my politeness cop of a daughter was like, "Am I the only one who's gonna say have a good night?" <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, you just just say thank you and move on. Like, do you get the, you don't get the just got to be right about everything. Uh, okay, well, it was the, I'm I'm relieved to hear that because I went to a friend's house and they live in a neighborhood because there are apparently not that many around here that um actually do the trick or treating thing. So, uh we li we live in the Bible Belt, honey. That's uh, Satan's work. I, I know. Please don't even remind me of my disappointment in this entire fucking state right now. Um and I, there they, are so many giant houses that have absolutely nothing going on right they now. They really don't. So it's many giant such, blank canvases. It's, it's so upsetting. Utter disappointment. And then to make it worse, a lot of the kids that showed up were just like, "Hi," and just like reach like went for a handful of candy. Didn't even barely acknowledge us. And I was like, "Whoa." There are words you are supposed to say. <laughs> Klatu Varata. <laughs> like, I said the words. Yeah. Like, whatever. It, like, just fucking say anything at that point. So some of them did say, like, oh, happy Halloween. And I was like, that's not the full concern. So apparently I am that cheap. person now where I'm like, kids these days. <laughs> Get yeah. off my Everyone lawn. said the words to us. Well, sorry, to me. I stay home and hand out the candy. I was doing full sizers this year because we don't get a huge turnout, but we have a whole lot of decorations. And the people who come to our house every year are always really appreciative. Like they, a lot of people take pictures in front of our giant inflatables and stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's a good time. But I was at BJ's and I was like, all right, well, I could get one box of 30 full size candies. Or like one bag of nine hundred and twelve, you know, nine hundred and fifty <laughs> miniature candies, 
for about the same price. I'm like, I'm not going to see more than 30 kids. So I went with the, the box of the full-size ones. It's like, I'm going to make sure that the kids who come here know that they should come here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I got cold feet like 10 minutes before Halloween officially started around here, and I ran a shop right and grabbed two bags of candy that I absolutely did not need. <laughs> Weirdly enough, the first thing to go was Skittles. Really? And I had leftover Snickers bars. Full size leftover, full size Snickers bars? Yep. Yo, kids, what is so, wrong so with you? You know our I think address. Three or four full size leftover Snickers bars. That's not right. Which was, yeah, I was genuinely shocked. <laughs> I was um, I genuinely offended. disappointed in my town. <laughs> really shocked that the Skittles were the first to go. Like, I just, here's three Musketeers, Snickers, M&M's, peanut M&M's, Starburst, and Skittles. Was Starburst like, the second? <laughs> what was it? Was Starburst the second to go? Is it a chocolate, like, peanut, like, allergy thing? No, I can't remember what the second to go okay. was, because at that point I was just kind of, like, chilling. But I remember the first two kids each grabbed a bag of Skittles. I was like, this yeah. is weird. Okay. Kids these days. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, look, Skittles are great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, not anti-Skittle by any stretch. Especially like, when you hide If them. I've got the choice between a bag of Skittles and a freaking Snickers bar, I'll go in the Snickers bar. <laughs> Snickers are, or Skittles are awesome, especially when you hide them in a giant bowl of M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Boy. laughs> yeah, I don't know about the kids who don't say anything. I... I I try not to like worry too much about that because I I know it's probably some some kids are just like don't have manners or whatever. But like some kids are neurodivergent or nonverbal or whatever, and I was just like, you know what, you do you. Oh yeah, it's Halloween. Everybody mm -hmm. have fun. Well, what was really cute is like we were hanging out, and um, my friend teaches kids with autism, so like one of her students was there. Like her mom had dropped her off and was like. So she was, like, hanging out so she could learn about, like, giving out candy and whatever, because I think her mom had to work or something. I don't really know. Um, she's just, like, sitting there, hanging out, handing out candy. And she's, like, telling the kids, she's, like, one piece from each bowl, please, because they had a chocolate and a non-chocolate uh, bowl uh. of candy for the kids, and it was really cute. And she, like, she's one of those kids that sometimes has a hard time actually being verbal and so she was doing a really great job and we were very proud that's awesome yeah i love to hear it very yeah. nice very sweet very very sweet girl i feel like you should have our nibbling come and help you next year please and seeing thank as, you seeing as they're not um you know trick-or-treating age anymore that maybe they would like to hang out by the fire and hand out candy they went out this year i think oh they did were, they they went I with the yeah, that memo. they were a ghost and they went out with they went out like with some friends oh, away okay. from cool. my sister. Cool, even better that they're still trick-or-treating. Yeah. <laughs> away from my sister. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, the, the key statement there. I got it. I started, picked up on it. <laughs> I, could, I could go on for a while about that, but that's not what we're here for. No, let's nope. talk TV. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's chat about some TV. Um, Let's see. Let's, let's, okay, honey, I'm going to let you go first. Oh. I'm sorry. Because okay. I, I, I know what you've watched. Okay. And I need to get this out of the way. <laughs> All right. So I talked about the fact that I'm going to start watching Walking Dead again. Well, I haven't done that yet. So instead, I've I been didn't watching. Know you stopped. Wait, what? 
I didn't know you stopped. Yeah, well, because I had slowed down a little during the summer because I was like, okay, we're um, like ele- season 11 and a half, I guess, or whatever the fuck is going to come out soon. And like, I don't want to forget what's happening. And then like season eight was really heavy and I was like, oh, I kind of need a break. So I like started season nine and then it got heavy again real fast. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So then I stopped again and then I was like, well, I don't have time for quality television so I'm going to watch Step Up because I'm a masochist and I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, so, honey, I, I need heck you, was I, Step Up? I need you to so, use the proper the proper name, honey. So <laughs> Step Up the TV show that I will not fully name. High Water? So it's a place that it's a uh, it's, you, <laughs> is that a TV show based on a movie about dancing? Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. So Evan thinks I'm crazy, and he's right. Um, it's I, I would say it is interesting because if I were to bring value to this, it does... The whole premise of this show is that it's a dance school for underprivileged kids that deserve an opportunity and want to learn from the best to be the best blah 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 high school and the thing that's kind of cool is like one of the main characters is a black gay kid and like anyone who doesn't know this it's obviously hard to be black it's obviously hard to be gay but try being black and gay in America Um, not not a good thing uh, well, not a good thing for them. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being either of those things, but it's difficult for them. And so this character is like one of the main characters of the show. And I think that the way that they've represented that and handled that for him has actually been really thoughtful, which is surprising coming from the show. And they also deal with like a character whose little brother is like in the foster care system and he's trying to get custody because he doesn't want his brother to like be taken away forever. And like it, there's like really like dumb stupid drama like cw like party scenes where people are like dancing and getting into dumb fights and then there's like really heavy shit like that and i'm like what is happening and but then there's dancing and i love the dancing so much (laughs) so every every time i walk in i get the feeling that she's watching a glee like television show but instead of singing acapella it's dancing. Actually, it's funny you should say that because I was going to like draw a minor comparison, but I think the thing about it is that it's more like it takes place in Atlanta. So you're going to have a more diverse cast, which I think is really nice because I, Glee, Glee did a pretty good job, but I felt like it was a primarily white cast. And in mm-hmm. this instance, I feel like I'm not watching a primarily white cast. Like the main characters are um, a brother and sister who are black and like their mom um ended up like going to jail for i think something to do with drug use so like they ended like there's it's whatever the whole system it's just like about them ending up with their uncle and that's how they got to atlanta but um you know they're like they're dealing with the consequences of like one of the characters actions in the show right now and i just think that it's actually some of it is actually really cool and then there's fucking dancing and i love the dancing so much have i mentioned the part that there's dancing and speaking of glee um 
one of the characters from Glee is also on this show. On uh, yeah, that's but like one of the actors or one of the characters. One of the yeah, well, one of the yeah. actresses, but she unfortunately is. Oh shit, I forgot her name. She's yeah. the her one. Her name is Naya Rivers. Yes, Naya Rivers. She's the one who Riv- went. Uh, excuse me, Rivera. Rivera, and she's the one who uh, oh, went she's missing. The one who died? Yeah. yeah. So that fucking sucks because like. I love her character on this show, and now I'm like, well, that's yeah. not good. She passed. Well, it's like there it was like the circumstances, like there were. Well, she went missing. Like, like there was a search a party. Yeah. It was yeah. Like it's really actually kind of upsetting because I don't know. Like she was a good actress just, too. Yeah. I like I liked her character because I was a mm-hmm. Glee fan. I liked her character on I like Glee. So yeah, but I, I really will annoyed. not forget coming walking into the house one day work or whatever and you you're not expecting me to come home when i did and you were dancing you were dancing oh well that okay so wait <laughs> so that's that was what, a different that's what night. show is leading to now <laughs> that was a different night so i think what led me to watch the show was the fact that i use nike training for my workouts at home and i had been uh away from my workouts for some time and I I really needed something to like get me back into it and get my body moving so I decided to pursue a (laughs) how do I put this they had fuck it they had a video they had videos like like a dance series and I got to do a dance along where I learned a a dance step by step I was learning the moves and I am super white and uncoordinated so it was not pretty but damn did I feel cool there is no shame in that game You, ha- you. you were having fun. I apologize for coming in when I did and laughing. <laughs> it was not me laughing at you dancing. It was me laughing at your reaction to me catching you dancing. Uh, you probably should have been laughing at my dancing. <laughs> no. But, but yes. Yeah. So I, I, it sounds I, like you and me need to go dancing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Lawnmower all day, every day. I'm not going to lie. I am an enabler when it comes to this show because, like, she thought <laughs> yes. it was gone for a minute, and then all of a sudden the, the new season came, and yeah. I just quietly started downloading them again for her and just slid them onto the flex to see if she'd notice. I did. I definitely did. I was I'm like, a, oh, I'm a good hello. husband. You really are. All right. Uh, very good, honey. Thank you so much. Uh, Karen, what do you got? Well... I watched a whole show, a whole show, you guys. A whole show? Well, it was a whole season. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a season two that Evan had gotten for me. And I was going to talk about The Time Traveler's Wife because uh, I think it's a pretty well done adaptation. And Rose Leslie is charming and Theo James isn't bad to look at. But then (laughs) there was Doctor Who. There was another time traveler. All right. So yes, you okay? What was because you said <clears throat> Doctor Who's not is Doctor Who back? No. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is a weird like guys. What is this thing that showed up? <laughs> explain okay. it to me. <laughs> so the Erica, last the last of Jody's um, era as the Doctor is similar to the last of Tennant's era, where he did a bunch of specials. Okay, she did a bunch of specials. She did the. She did the New Year special, or they're calling it the Festivus special now. She the did Festivus special? one at, huh? The Festivus? Is that what you just said? The Festive special. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, because they got crap about calling it the New Year special, so they're like, "Fine, it's the Festive special." Shut up. <laughs> um, and then they did one at Easter, and then maybe they did another one, and then they did this. Okay. Um, which is was the regeneration special, which 
Um, okay. I wish they would. I mean, there's really no um, surprise anymore to the regenerations, and I guess that's fine, but. No, no, this one felt kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I heard. I, I don't. So I, I know what I heard. Not the fact that she was regenerating, but what happened? Well, <laughs> it would have been surprising if I didn't know a lot of stuff about what's coming up, and pretty much was able to figure out what was going to happen between context and people posting shit online the day it aired. Oh my god! The minute it aired, I got minute it aired spoiled on the big secret of the whole regeneration. I was like, well, I don't know what it means, so I guess that's pretty cool, but thanks, internet. Like, do you really have to, the moment something yes. airs, I need to screen capture this, I need to post it on Twitter immediately because I need to be the first one to talk about it. And I don't give a fuck if anybody has seen this yet, I saw it, which means that it's fair fucking game. Fuck you all. Yes. I hate people. <laughs> Well, listen, the good news is Twitter's going to die soon because Elon Musk bought it and it's just for him and his friends now. So don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, correction. It's just for him and his like racist right wing friends. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. His his um, QAnoners. Right. You know, I, feel like I thought that was just a given. A better word than Ooh, cohorts is I don't know definitely nobody's like friends each other. with that guy. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so it was the regeneration special. Uh, it was the most fun I've had watching Doctor Who in at least a year. Wow. Oh, um, really? Wait. Yeah, I mean, there's How been many like episodes of Doctor Who have there three, been in a year? Two or three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they have not been great. Um, but this was great. It was fun. Uh, there was the Daleks and the Cybermen and the Master. Damn. As you do. Um, <laughs> Did there, was there enough space in the television show for all of that? That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was mostly the Master. Um so that was and and Sasha Dewan is so fun to watch. Uh, he was part of the plot was that he was in like eight nineteen eighteen Russia um, as Rasputin, <laughs> and when he finally captured the doctor and like locked her up, then he did a whole dance to the Rasputin song, <laughs> like to sell like celebrate and gloat and shove it in her face that he caught her. I think so the only appropriate hilarious. reaction is Chris's reaction. <laughs> Yes. It was hilarious. I don't know a lot of modern esh popular music or whatever. I don't I don't know how I know that song, but I did. And as soon as it started playing, I was like, "Hey, I know this song." <laughs> Good job, show. Well done, show. Um there was also a lot like you say was there enough room in the show for um you know, mm -hmm. the master and the Cybermen and the Daleks. That's not even what felt crowded. What felt crowded is they brought in like everyone who's ever met Doctor Who who's still around and like wanted to be on the show. <laughs> they had two classic series companions as a part of the story. Um, okay. Which was... Ac hmm? I said, okay. Uh, which was actually really nice because they were two who had kind of unresolved... Um, departures from the TARDIS and so they were able to get some closure in their stories and Aww. there was a lot of um, nods to classic series stuff and classic series fans. Nice. They also had a scene where she was I forget what was going on um, but she like went to this other plane and met this person who turned out to be like not all of because some of them are dead 
were not available, but um, several of her um, classic series, like past regenerations, and they were like kind of like the face shape shifted, CGI'd into different people as they were having conversation. That's neat. So you get to see the first or the guy that they now have playing the first doctor. Um, three, four, two, three, four weren't there. There was the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, so that was cool. And then in the end, they brought back uh, one of the other companions that had been with Jody, Jody, uh, Jody's doctor mm. when she started. Um, and they started a like <laughs> the, the the ending of it was sort of like. They started a support group for past companions of the Doctor. <laughs> and they brought in a couple more um, classic series companions for just cameos. Uh, which set a record, I think a Guinness record, for um, the longest time between appearances on a show playing the same character. What? Because, yeah, they had this guy, um, what's his name? can't remember the actor's name, but he's... Uh, William Russell, uh, he played a first Doctor companion. Okay. And he's still around. So they had him on the show, and it was 57 years between the, the last time he played his his character Good and God this damn. episode. Yeah. That's awesome. It's really cool. That is awesome. <clears throat> so there was, there was a lot to like in it. Uh, they blew up Unit. That's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> they did not kill Kate. They did not kill Kate. They uh, they acknowledged the death of a classic series companion, which was a big gripe. Um, they really never used to kill anyone on the show, and then they killed this one character. And then the next succeeding episodes after that, they really just didn't talk about it. They just kind of like moved on with the show, and fans had complained that it was like kind of you know. They didn't. They didn't like it. They felt like the the characters would have cared more that somebody died. Right. Um. So they they kind of wrapped that up too in this. They they had the another one of the two compa- classic series companions, Tegan, who was involved in the plot. They had her like talk to the fifth Doctor version and like talk about that and what had happened and and why they never talked about it again and it was sort of because they were actually too upset to bring it up that tracks that makes sense so that was some nice nice closure then came the big like um for some confusing twist ending which is like the 13th doctor went to regenerate and regenerated into david tennant color me shocked why you don't um, know. <laughs> which oh, which is uh, what I was not I wasn't exactly spoiled on but I was able to figure it out very easily um, because in next year is the 60th anniversary special okay um, and it's when Russell T Davies who is the uh, architect of the original the reboot mm-hmm. um, from 2005 he's coming back as showrunner and so for that special um, they're bringing back Tenet and Donna and some Donna. other people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, um, but that like casting was announced. So they're going to do three specials with Tennant as the 14th Doctor. Okay. 
Uh, I don't know why he gets to count as an official number. Yeah, wait, they, wait, wait, wait. Isn't he... I thought he was the 10th Doctor? He is the 10th, and now mm-hmm. since he's back, he's going to be the 14th. No, what? this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, so, he is well, a time well, traveler. Like, why We haven't he... got an explanation yet. Okay. In the original run of, sh- run of the show, he was only supposed to be able to re- regenerate 12 times. Then in new who they like i'm sorry <laughs> did some garbage and we're like never mind look over there something shiny guess yeah. what we were kidding you get a whole new set of regenerations and now they're just burning them i guess <laughs> we got uh, we got regenerations a lot lousy with the regenerations bit. In that bit, Tom Baker was the uh, museum curator, and there he was, was like the a... curator. He was not. He's not credited as another regeneration. But he said that weird thing to Matt Smith. He said, "You might find yourself revisiting some of the old favorites." Yeah. And like, so there's some precedent for this. I I don't understand it, uh, but I'm interested. I, I I think it's I think it's a, a it's it's nice to be confused in a way that's somewhat exciting instead of confused in a i'm sorry what did you just do (laughs) yeah what this sucks (laughs) and i you know i didn't really i didn't remember that line and if that is the reason if they have something planned with tom baker for the 60th special um and that's why he didn't appear as one of the former doctor selves in this episode i will be so stoked because that was a little bit of a bummer. He's he's still alive. He doesn't look like he's doing great, but he's still alive. <laughs> he clearly looks alive. I, I, I don't alive. know why he wasn't in the show if he's still around. Um, but maybe there's a reason. So yeah, Tennant's going to be back. <sighs> this is the other annoying thing. So we got this, and now we get to wait until November <laughs> 2023. Jesus. Wow. The first episode of Doctor Who aired on November 23rd, 1963, so they're holding it till November to celebrate the 60th anniversary. Damn. That's a and choice. he'll do three specials as the 14th Doctor before regenerating into Shurigatwa in the festive special next year. Okay. So we have to wait another... 13 months for more Doctor Who. Damn. <laughs> Fucking ABBC. So that's not even a television show anymore. It's a, I, it's I a movie series. It it's a I movie mean, series. It will be. I, like, I, I, get, I get where they're at. There's a considerable portion of the fandom that did not take too kindly to this iteration. And that's what I like to consider the Doctor Who version of the fandom menace. That's always going to be a problem when you introduce any flavor of diversity into something science fiction-y. That was fine. Those people can fuck right off. But then there was also a large contingent of non-morons that were like, eh, because the writing wasn't spectacular. Like, It's definitely been a strange run. Yeah, it was... It, it, it pulled a lot of shit. It tried to... It got a little big for its britches a few times. And, uh, I mean, like, Dan's a perfect example. Dan's a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, he? And he fell off during the end of Moffat. It was like, I don't know, it's just it's just not doing it for me anymore. And by the time when Jody, uh, when they regenerated in Jody, he just never came back to it. But bringing back Russell T. Davies, he's like, all right, I'll give this another shot. And I think there's probably a lot of fans like that. So just kind of as a big 
you know, haymaker to the fandom of like, look, look, we're 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 bringing it back. All right, <laughs> we're we're getting yeah, our shit together. There's a lot of like kind of rebranding going on, and yeah. I think the tenant is like the linchpin of that because everybody loves David Tennant. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that, that's and it's, if yeah. anything will bring people back to give the show another chance, it'll be that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, a uh, lot of lot of crazy Doctor Who stuff going on. Um, some news too, like uh, new episodes of Doctor Who starting next year will be airing now on Disney Plus. Really. What? Yeah, it okay. was on HBO, um, but HBO's doing a whole bunch of shit with their content right now, and I guess they decided to give up, give up the rights to Doctor Who. So Disney Plus will have new episodes of Doctor Who. They will be giving money to the production um, in exchange for uh, some some say in creative decisions. Hmm. So. I guess we'll see how that looks. I really don't know what to... I really have no idea what to expect out of all that. Well, I guess I'm a little leery, but... I'll I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like it's going to happen tomorrow. Or next month. So. Well, no. I mean, I'm hoping that it's not... Because I've, I feel like the HBO stuff was like... Alright, the season's over. Have fun. Um... <clears throat> Whereas I'm kind of hoping that these drop like new episodes of other things on Disney Plus, um, where it's just like each week you get the new episode that you can stream on Disney Plus. Because I tell you, having you get us the most recent Doctor Who uh, and watching it that way instead of watching it on BBC America was a massive improvement. Oh my god! Uh, the yeah, commercial worst breaks. You, worst- Worst viewer experience ever watching things live on BBC America. And is it so because like, of the commercial break? Disney's stuff? involvement brings me I like okay. I will take that if it means I don't have to watch it on BBC America because holy crap. It's it's just such a dreadful experience with the way it cuts for commercial breaks, the mm-hmm. the the you come back from commercial break or the you think you do mm-hmm. because it starts playing some bit of the episode you haven't seen yet, but they're like Wait, did I miss something? And then it stops and says, do you want to watch more? Like, yeah, it's why I'm fucking here. It's a commercial for the episode you're watching in the middle of the episode you're watching. <laughs> Showing you shit you haven't seen yet. It's, it's the most goddamn confusing thing I've ever seen. It is wretched is what it is, and I despise it. Sounds like you got a good reason for it, though. It's a tactic for them to like try and get you to not speed through the ads because you'll like pause it or stop fast forwarding and be like oh my god i'm missing something but you're not <laughs> you're not you've been fooled but now you've stopped and you're you're anxious about missing something else so you're not going to speed through the ads and maybe you'll watch it and buy something fuck off bbc america <laughs> no, sir. first i don't like I don't it, like I don't it. Like it. <laughs> so yeah doctor who there you it go it's nice to have it back there for a minute and now i will wait a fucking year <laughs> 13 months. <clears throat> Stop. Make it longer. That's <laughs> mean. I'll Sorry. slap him. He, I am in the same room. All right, Chris, what do you got? Oh, I get to go next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we got a... Um, we're still in the midst of, of Andor 
um, which has been lovely. But uh, we got another Star Wars show this month that I thought was really cool. Did we? Uh, we got Tales of the Jedi, and instead of doing a um, what they usually do, you know, doing a week by week thing, they just dropped all six episodes at once. They are short animated specials, and they are very, very interesting. Okay. Um, so they're done in the style of Clone Wars. Like, that's what they look like. They look like the Clone Wars cartoon, except more modern. Okay. Cool. Uh, it, it is... It, some I didn't really notice how much more modern they had gotten until somebody showed side-by-sides of... Uh, there was one scene of... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, one of the episodes had um, Anakin and Ahsoka training around when she first got paired with him um and they showed screenshots from that clone wars movie next to this episode and like wow they really have improved these character designs a lot uh and seeing young versions of these characters in the more modern style was really quite nice um so it was split the the episodes aren't necessarily connected um, like it's not like one overarching overarching narrative. It's but there's three episodes that focus on Ahsoka and three episodes that focus on Count Dooku. Um, okay. Count Dooku being a character that I struggle with liking because I think Christopher Lee is awesome and I thought he did a great job in the movies, but um, his name is Count Dooku. <laughs> I'm sorry. His name sounds like poop. Uh, and, and and it's compounded by the fact that like you got the guy who played Count Dracula so you named him Count Dooku George Lucas is a fucking hack <laughs> <laughs> oh, his, his, his Sith name is Lord Tyrannus and they keep calling him Dooku <laughs> it's so so anyways um <laughs> The Dooku episodes were, I think, more interesting than the Ahsoka ones. Uh, not that the Ahsoka ones were bad, but like, so the first, I watched the first episode. These dropped. Naturally, everyone's like, yeah, I watched all six of them in the, within the first hour, and they're all fucking great, so have at it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch these over the course of a week, probably. <laughs> I don't, can't just sit down and marathon six episodes of something, even if they're shorts. But, uh... So I finally get to watch the first episode, I think, on this after they had been out for a day. And it was fine. It was Aww. Ahsoka as a baby. And there was some sort of hunting ritual where Ahsoka's mom and little baby Ahsoka go out into the woods. And she has to, like, hunt and kill something with baby Ahsoka with her. And then the giant cat... Uh, this, you know, the the baby and the mom get separated. The mom tries to stop the giant cat, and then Ahsoka uses the Force to communicate with the giant cat, and then the cat returns into her village. The end. Hmm. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't really get what that one is supposed to. What that one was supposed to show me, because all the rest of them were very clear of what they were trying to do. So the next three episodes were the Dooku episodes, and they take place when he was a Jedi, which I think is very interesting because that's the thing with Count Dooku was he used to be a Jedi. And they talk about that in the, uh, in episode two where he's introduced and they don't really, they never really get into it. Even in the clone wars, you never really get into why 
he was a Jedi and then became a Sith Lord. Like, he just they never really bothered with it. And that's fine. He's a big evil dude who's smart and strong and okay. Uh, so they got into it a little bit here, and it's pretty neat. The first one of him is he goes with um, he goes with his Padawan to go um, uh, stop some sort of dispute in a... There's um, like a, there's a village wherein the... Uh, where are we with this? Um, it's not the Empire yet, but it's like it's getting there. Okay. Uh, so the Clone Wars... This is right. This is before episode one, and it's like there's still like the Senate and everything, and they're on this kind of backwater planet, and the local government is like being all tyrannical and stuff. And so the Jedi go out there. There, him and his apprentice are sent out there to like kind of straighten things up, and he meets the guy that's causing all the problems, and he gets real close to killing him because he's like you're supposed to be protecting these people and you're just taking advantage of them. You're a scumbag and you shouldn't be alive. <laughs> and his apprentice stops him and they keep the peace and they go their separate ways. And at the end, you find out that his apprentice was Qui-Gon Jinn, oh. which is neat because you're through this whole episode. You're seeing that, you know, Dooku is a bit of a rule breaker in terms of being a Jedi. And that was kind of Qui-Gon's defining trait as being a bit of a rule breaker, which is why I never made it onto the council. So the next episode is um, uh, Count Dooku going out on a mission with um, Mace Windu. And Mace Windu is like super rule dude. Like he's all about the rules. And this is before uh, Mace Windu made it on to the Jedi Council. Um, so they go out and they do this mission. And um, they D- Duke, uh, Dooku's kind of not enjoying the whole mission because like, Again, he's in a situation where the people that they're sent to protect was this, like, uh, senator guy, and uh, he's just a complete piece of shit. And he's like, you're taking advantage of these people, and that's not okay. And he, again, almost kills a dude, (laughs) and Mace Windu stops him, and then Mace Windu gets promoted to the council, and Count Dooku thinks that the whole thing was a setup. He's like... Did you know that going out on this mission was going to get you promoted, and that's why you took me along? The it, the show explains it better than I'm I'm doing, but it was a really interesting thing of like watching how this guy got to not trust the Jedi uh, and the Jedi's relationship with the Senate, and how he came to generally view them as no longer the good guys. And so, in the next episode, the Sith Lord, uh, you find out that. Um, Goodness, was it in choices where he got to see uh he has a quick conversation at the end of this one with um I think it was, it was this one or the next one, but he has a conversation with uh no, it was the, the second one. So he has a conversation with Qui-Gon Jinn. Um oh yeah, it was in this episode. <laughs> they kind of bleed together. But he has you see him have a conversation with grown up Qui-Gon Jinn. And then uh a minute later in the episode it's kind of like a flash forward to right after episode one where uh qui-gon is dead and you see dooku first sneak into the library and uh use sifo ds's code to erase the planet camino from the the jedi archives which was that's what like kind of what kicked off the whole point of the clone wars in general and a big plot point in uh, episode two so it was cool to see him do that and then he goes and meets up with Darth Sidious, uh, the emperor, or the soon-to-be emperor, 
and he's like super pissed at him. He's like, look, I've been working together with you kind of in the shadows because I don't want to be a Sith, but I don't want to be a Jedi anymore. But you, your guy killed Qui-Gon and that's not cool because I loved that guy. And the Emperor is just like, yeah, well, this other Jedi killed Darth Maul. So we both got, we both lost an apprentice. We're all working towards the same goal here. And so he kind of reluctantly agreed, but then this other uh, Jedi Master Yaddle, this is this is some fun deep lore. Yaddle is like Yoda; she's uh, that same species, and she was like in the background in like one of the the council scenes in Episode One, The Phantom Menace. But then she wasn't in Episodes Two or Three. Okay. Uh, so this explains that she, this explains that. Which is like, it's a question maybe five people had, but they're using it, and I freaking love it. She stepped down from the council because she didn't like the way that they handled, uh, you know, in episode one, uh, the the movie episode one, Qui-Gon goes to the council and is like, I found this kid, and I also encountered a Sith Lord. And everyone in the council is like, and Yoda included, is like, I don't know if you saw a Sith Lord. I mean, that's a pretty big accusation. And he's like, dude... I saw Sith Lord. He had the red lightsaber. Motherfuckers charged at me with glowing yellow eyes. It was a Sith Lord. We got to do something. And they're like, I don't know. We'll think about it. Um, maybe. Bye. <laughs> and that affected. And Count Dooku blames the council for why he died, because they wound up having to face off against a Sith Lord and Qui-Gon died. And he blames the council for that. And apparently Yaddle that was kind of like the last straw for her too. And she stepped down from a position on the council and she followed Dooku out to uh, uh, meet up with the emperor. And that was the whole situation where he officially turned to the dark side and accepted his position as a um, uh, Sidious's apprentice. What about Yaddle? And they're, they're shorts, but there's so much happens. There's a lot. There's, really... there's a lot of depth in that. Yeah. They're spe- really and good. It, and it... Wait, no, no, no. I'm serious. Did Yaddle also end up being a Sith? No, he killed her. That's how he well, got the fuck. job. Yeah. Damn. Oh, it was so sad because, like, yeah, they they had this whole fight, and then he crushes her at a door, Jesus. and like, then she force she forces her way out of it, and then dies like seconds later. She's like, she makes it. I was like, oh, she's still in it. No, she's dead. Wait, are these like cartoons so for for children? Yeah, it's all done. Like you don't see you know blood and guts or anything. And she I like. Mean, the, the, the depth of story that you just went through does not sound like it's geared towards children. Well, that's because it's like other TV shows where it's like you have messages that are for kids, but then there's stuff for adults too. Which is yeah, I, like they're neat to see, but this is—I mean, this is this smells more like it's for parents to be watching with their kids than just kids to watch on their own because okay. it's a series of shorts that's designed to fill in lore. Got you. Um, and then the the two Ahsoka ones were pretty neat, I guess. Um, this practice one, like it was neat to watch, and I I I thought for sure I knew exactly where it was going. Uh, and it's just Ahsoka uh, training with Anakin at the at the beginning of their relationship, and um, she's training against a bunch of those little floaty training droid things from A New Hope, little. little ball things and she does great (laughs) against them and then Anakin's just not impressed all the rest of the guys like oh she's doing great and Anakin's like whatever Uh, and she's like what do I have to do to earn your respect and he says all right come with me and so he brings her out to like his his clone troopers like his buddies like Rex and everyone 
and and he's he does the Han Solo thing. He's like, good against remotes is one thing, but good against the living. So she has to train against all these clone troopers, and she gets her ass handed to her for hours and hours and hours. And she finally gets the hang of it. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's neat. I like where this is going. Uh, but I, what I didn't see coming was uh, the very end of the episode, which really got me, because there's an episode in the, 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 the Clone Wars where you, see, um, where you see what happens to her during Order 66. And that's where this whole thing was leading, was how she knew how to do what she did to get out of Order 66 with uh, Rex, who was one of the clones that had his uh, inhibitor chip uh, removed so that he could withstand Order 66. He had his own, his own mind about him. It's like, oh, that's how she got so good enough to get out of fighting all those clones that were yeah. trying to kill Jedi. It was... That was a really she cool, was with the right crowd. cool finisher. Yeah. That's nice. And then the last one was apparently an adaptation of an Ahsoka novel that I never read that does away with a queer character um, that was in the book. But one of the things that I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because I've never read the book. I thought it was kind of weird that they wrote a romance story for Ahsoka. I was thought it was kind of she was fine you know, not every character needs a romance arc mm-hmm. and I, I I didn't think but that was something she's that a Ahsoka woman, needed. Chris. <laughs> exactly. And even though it was, you know, a queer uh romance, it was still a romance and it was like fine. I mean if you gotta do it, you gotta do it, but I don't know. I didn't think there was anything she needed and I've like I said, I've never read the book, so I I'm not coming from a place of real knowledge here. Um this story basically adapts largely what happened uh, including her facing off against an inquisitor and because they were still trying to hunt her down even though she wasn't technically a jedi uh and she kills the inquisitor and you know gets away and it was neat uh it was really cool looking it was a fun episode but it wasn't like the count dooku stuff was like damn that's interesting <laughs> and this is like oh this is pretty cool and kind of tucked with that when the order 66 bit short i was like oh Right, that was a tough episode. So this was great. Uh, the first one was fine, but then the other five were like really great, and I really want to see them do more of this. I mean, obviously, I want to see them do more of all Star Wars stuff because they've been, you know, it's Star Wars for the most part, knocking it out of the park. Look, I'm, ne- I'm never going to defend Boba Fett to the death. That show is a fucking mess, but I loved it. <laughs> absolutely loved you're it. not dying on that hill <laughs> not dying on that hill I, I don't blame anybody for looking at that and being like this is kind of stupid and i say no boba fett wrote a fucking rancor i had a good time i know it's not high art but it was a good time uh, but this kind of stuff that they do where they basically fix the movies like dave filoni and company has done so much to fix the numerous problems with the prequel movies it's amazing like to the point where just about all of it really makes sense now. I'm I want them to do this for the sequels. They don't need it as bad because um I think they're just so much more watchable. Even the stuff that's not as good as other stuff is they're well acted. They're well put together. Like they're cohesive movies. They're not filled with just the most dreadful dialogue imaginable. Um but there's there's a lot of like weird shit between episodes uh eight and nine in particular like last jedi wraps up and then the the, the episode nine it's like oh hey the emperor's back 
And a bunch of other shit happened. Have fun. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like I missed a lot here. Because this is not where you ended off in the last movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to somebody picking up the reins and filling in those those plot holes. Not really plot holes, but just like big gaping holes in the entire plot. story situation. Like, yeah, I don't want to call holes. them plot holes because it's like. They could very well be filled. It wouldn't take a lot to get there, but I'd like them to. And something like this would be really cool to see focusing on characters like that. And there's been some cool Star Wars news. Uh, what is it? Damon Lindelof is getting a, uh, a, a a trilogy of Star Wars movies in the not-too-distant future that is set after uh, Rise of Skywalker and might include some uh, returning characters. That would make me very happy. Nice. I'd love to see... I would love to see them actually pay off the whole Finn having force powers thing that they <laughs> mentioned for like Alluded one <laughs> sentence in Rise of Skywalker and just fucking ignored for the rest. I got something important to tell you. And we never find out what it was. Yep, the only yep. reason I know what it was is from interviews and stuff of what it was supposed to be. But they just left that shit dangling there. Like, get get him back. He was wonderful. And he's so pissed at Star Wars retroactively for promising so much. And doing fuck all with his character of real value. And I want to see John Boyega come back and really be redeemed in that front. Because Finn deserves it. And I would like I'd love to see Poe and Ray as well. No. And Rose. Get get do something else with Rose too, because uh that actor was uh lovely and Rose Tico is an interesting character that they again did actually fuck all with with uh, in the Rise of Skywalker. Again, Movie I like, but I like it a lot of the same way that I like the book of Boba Fett. It was just fun. It was wonderful. So there you go. Star Wars. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Chris. Ain't there no you problem. Go, Star Wars. There you go. Star Wars. All right. I'm going to wrap it up um, for the holiday season. Um, you know, we like to do scary stuff in this house. Um, I came across a show called The 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments of All Time. It was an eight-part hmm. miniseries that is, I mean, it was as if it was just written and, and recorded for me because <laughs> I loved this show. Um, you know, Angela and I normally will just sit and watch a two-hour or, you know, two and a half hour movie and this was so much better than sitting through a show or a movie that you know may be good roller coaster why is there this bit of story in here because horror movies just for as good as horror movies are there's a lot of not good in them <laughs> this was the best of the best um the 101 like I'm going to say 85 to 90% of the movies I had seen. I agreed with, I'm going to say just about every selection that they made. They, 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 they did an in-depth about the movie that the scene came from. And then they, they talked about the scene and it was, it was, Hosted, I guess, is is uh, the term to use by so many random people, but most of them I recognize. Like Jonah Ray did some interviews for it. Dana Gould did a couple of interviews for it. Um, it it was just 
so entertaining and then getting to see all of the best parts of the horror movies that I loved was great. Um, seeing as it was 101 and eight episodes, I, I'm like, I'm pretty sure the first seven episodes were broken down, if I do the math correctly, into 13 clips per episode, which I thought was fantastic, so that the last show got the top 10. The last episode got the top 10. And like I said, there was not one. I mean, there was so the weirdest one for me, and I don't even remember what number it was, but it was it was past the top 50 mark, maybe the top 30. And it was like the exorcist three. And I was like, what, what the, why this? Like, I've never, I've never seen this movie. Number one. And why would I bother watching the exorcist three? It's the exorcist fucking three. What? And they're going on and they're talking about how this scene reinvented the, or, or reimagined the jump scare. Now, that doesn't make sense to me because a jump scare is very it's a very simple premise. You know it's coming, you know it's coming, and shit, it still got you. The way they filmed this particular scene, I was like, this is boring. It's holy shit. Like it was so I'm going to go back and watch The Exorcist 3 just so I can get the full context of how this scene because the the lead up to this jump scare was so long and so drawn out that you're like, I'm waiting for credits to show. I'm like this is so bad, and then something kicks. And I was like, all right, The Exorcist three. Like if that's the, if that's the quality that this show is 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 presenting, I'm all for it. Um, the like as we're watching it, we're trying to figure out, you know, because you know, there's certain movies like yeah, that makes sense. We got to like the top three, and at that point, we were just like straight up just guessing. I guessed the number two, and then the 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 first the number one. I had thought it, but I didn't say it out loud because I thought I had missed it. And that was the thing. Like I was, I am not at all surprised by the number one. It made so much sense, and it was and it was perfectly done. Um. I, I'm I'm upset with myself for not going. Yeah, that's going to be number one. Like that, may, it was so such an entertaining show because not only did they what they, was number one for anybody who doesn't know. Um, it was uh oh, they live just popped in my head. Um, that nah, what is the name of that movie? The thing. The thing. Holy crap! Sorry. <laughs> They yeah, live. What's that? That's a movie about that thing. Uh, what was it? Uh, <laughs> no, th- for some reason, they live, which is that movie with Roddy Roddy Piper, where he puts on the sunglasses and he could see see the aliens. That yeah. was not in this movie, so that that did not deserve to be in the top one hundred. It was not out of bubblegum. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the thing, which was, it's a classic classic movie that was horribly redone. The remake was not in this, but the original, like changed the way horror movies were done it was it was the perfect number one seeing the explanations behind the scenes like david to small chin and 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 john bloom like like everybody had some sort of bona fides for some reason and it all was it was done by people who really really gave a shit about not only movies but about horror movies um I, if you like horror, I highly, highly recommend this. It was such a nice trip down like memory lane, and then you get to go and go. Oh shit! I had never seen that. Let's watch that. Like there was what was that Lake Mungo? 
Okay. I don't know if, if, if you've ever heard of that movie. It was mentioned in this by a director who was talking about another it was, movie. It was Mike Flanagan, the guy who did uh, House on Haunted Hill. Or at, no, Haunting of Hill House. Haunting sorry. of Hill House. Yeah, we loved that show. It's my favorite show. And <laughs> he said, at, at, if anybody ever asked me what horror movie they should watch, this is the first the first thing I suggest. And we're like, that's that's great. That's a good enough recommendation for me. Which I will say it made... So for anyone who's never seen Lake Mungo, um, honestly, there's no jump scares. Actually, I'm sorry. There's one jump scare. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, two-thirds of the way through the movie. Um and that was that was pretty much the only thing in the movie that was like really directly spooky but it it makes sense that it's such an influential film for him because he uh for anyone who doesn't know when he did the haunting of hell house he actually has a ton of easter eggs of like things in the background that are just like either characters that you take for granted when you're watching the episodes or like that something statue like yeah like something like moves or something in the shadows like he does that a lot exactly what lake mungo does is there are like these it's so interesting like it's it's stuff where it's like oh yeah the the kid was taking photographs and videos and then like in one of the photographs he's like yeah i faked it i just wanted my family to like I don't really know why I did it, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the movie, you look and she's in the photo twice because one of them was the one that he faked and the other one was him actually capturing her on film, but he never noticed it. And like and that's and that's the thing about this, like this show, like we would not have seen that. We would have yeah. not watched that movie be- without this show because and a lot of good recognition for international horror films which i was really appreciative of because those truly international does better horror than american horror yeah so that's 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 just true um but i you know i can't recommend this show enough i mean it was such so much fun we blew through like the first three episodes in one sitting and then the next sitting we sat down and watched the rest of it because it was it was either that or watch a horror movie and in watching those two sittings it was watching 100 better parts of movies in two nights like it was great and um listening to like people like edgar wright talk about Mm. the movies like he blatantly said yeah i stole this from there like this i did (laughs) this in my stuff because of seeing it here and i didn't do it as well (laughs) so it bite me yeah yeah and it's i i honestly thought there was going to be a couple i was like yeah no this shouldn't be on the list not i didn't say that not once i was maybe i don't know if like even with the placement of them i was like no that's okay i i agree with it Top 10 was a little weird for me, but it was... I, I definitely thought that The Exorcist 3 was a weird choice until they showed that scene, and I was like, holy shit. And that was the thing. It was not the one top 100 scariest horror movies. It was the top 100 scariest horror movie moments. Yeah. Oh, and they did another one for anyone who's seen the original Suspiria. I was really pleased that they showed that because I love that movie, and it is definitely... like. They, they, yeah, they covered the gamut, and I really appreciated the number of movies that I had seen on that list. Also, it made me kind of feel like a good horror fan. <laughs> uh, it was done by Shudder, which is great for those who don't know. Shudder is like a, a streaming service that just does horror movies. Um, 
I like it's it's great. It's it's available on Shutter. My next because of watching that, I came across another um another like countdown uh show and it was uh, Bloomhouse um who does they do fantastic oftentimes like really gory horror movies and it's this the it's going to be the next thing that I watch a horror movie based wise but it's the Bloomhouse compendium of horror and they're doing it via timeline where it's like the first episode is like the 30s and then it goes on and on and on and on up until the, like the the 2000s so i that's that's my next i'm i'm on a horror kick cuz it is you know it's Halloween. Hey, we were watch- late to spooky season this year, so we have not watched any of our typical stuff like at all. And I, for the amount of time that I've had to watch television, uh, you know, I've made poor choices, and uh, we've had no time for movies really. Um, so I mean, it's and, been and we did we did watch the the Black Phone, which was which was good. It's weird, like the the, the horror movies that we are watching currently we watch, are not as scary as they normally to, are for And us. to clarify, the reason that we watched any of these movies was because it was our anniversary, and that was my first day off in the month of October. <laughs> and we like horror movies. That's what we do. We watch horror movies. So. All right. I think that just about does it for the first half. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to do our feature topic, which is Quantum Leap, Season 1, Episode 1, July 13th, 1985. But before we do that, uh, let's let's just do some commercials. All right? Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Chris here. Podcast listening is free, but podcast creation is not. That's why the Geekade Patreon exists. In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support Geekade and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the Geekade Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. And now, here's a quick look at some of the other original content, available now from our partners and Geekade.com. First up, what do you do when you can't call your book a choose-your-own-adventure book because it's copyrighted? Do you go with Find Your Fate? Nope. An American company already registered that, too. Fucking America. Perhaps Adventure Book. Too generic to copyright? Well, it's technically a game, right? How about Adventure Game Book? Yeah, that'll do. On an all-new SparkCast, they look at something that's either a knockoff UK choose-your-own-adventure book or a well-crafted story that uses a t- that uses time to interact with the story in a consistent fashion. That description was pretty specific. Which is it? Find out in SparkCast episode 68, Peril from the Stars. Well... Here's a little behind the scenes. Uh, Chris, I edit SAG, and I was definitely prepared for what I thought was going to be the commercial that I had to read. And oh, to which wh- one did you think you were going to get? I actually found that. <laughs> so I didn't okay, have to say. Okay, go ahead and read that nope, one. Nope, nope, Next. Quick Change is a movie starring Bill Murray, Gina Davis, and Cousin Eddie from The Christmas Vacation, and features cameos from Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoub, and features a scene where two dudes joust on bikes. 
This should be an all-time comedy classic about a clown robbing a bank. But does it capitalize on its excellent premise and cast? Paul, Sean, and Chris spend some quality time with this movie and discussed what worked, what didn't, and probably a whole mess of other stuff that didn't really have anything to do with the task at hand. And they want you to listen to them. Don't miss a theater near you. Episode 20, Quick Change. Shit or soul. <laughs> Finally, Halloween may be over, but spooky video game music is always in style. On a special bonus episode of the Waveback podcast, Matt and Chris put together their annual spooky special to share some of their favorite Halloween-flavored tunes. From Xenogears to Daddish 3, there's something for everyone. Be sure to check out Waveback episode 155, Spooky Special 8. For all this and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on Geekade.com. Why is it taking you so long? Do better. I'm savouring the flavor, lady. These are the best candies in the world. Living vicariously. Quantum Leap's pretty good, too, but it's no Reese's Pieces. Describe the flavor. Nothing is. Stop! (laughs) Because now I want Reese's Reese's Pieces, and there are none in this house. (laughs) It's shitty dark chocolate and, like, fucking canister of natural peanut butter. And that does not make the same thing. My my loving <laughs> gift to Evan for our anniversary was on our anniversary while he was eating a cookie. I was like, just so you know, we have to take all of the sweets out of the house because we're getting fat. And he was like, Why would you do this on this day? Yeah, as I'm eating this thing. He's this like, Wow, right. I really do. You, do you actually love me? And I was like, You know, I do. <sighs> All right, Quantum Leap 2022 version. Um, Reese's Pieces edition. There were no fat people on that show. Not a one. Not a one. (laughs) That's not fair. Representation matters, damn it. I just want to go to bed. I felt that I represented the fat person. You know? (laughs) We the viewers. We we the viewers are the fat person. Uh-huh. Season 1, Episode 1, July 13th, 1985. A new team assembles to restart the Quantum Leap Project. Lead physicist Ben Song takes an unauthorized leap into 1985 as the team scrambles to find out what happened and how to get him back. Um, okay, so I was a big fan of the original Quantum Leap show. Not that I could actually remember anything specific about a, a, an episode it was just bits and pieces i loved the characters and the theory about a, a, a scientist traveling through time to help specific situations um this is a time travel show so you have to just say it with confidence negate all logic because there's no butterfly effect <laughs> There's none of that takes place in this show. Um, ben Song, who is the lead in this show, um, him and his wife or his fiance were working on this program that is literally the continuation of the original Quantum Leap project. And they are trying to figure out what happened because in the original project, they lost. Um, <laughs> the original Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Now, 
I for the love of for the life of me, I cannot remember how that show ended. I'm pretty sure he's lost forever. And according to this show, he is. So my gut is telling me we're going to get uh completion of that and gut <laughs> really got at <Fat> people. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Um well, better us than heart disease, sir. It's true. It's true. <laughs> the beat is. I, I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> Someone's on a sugar high. We're just giggling now. It's not good. It's gone bad. This Reese's Pieces were delicious. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I picked this show straight up out of, you know, the love of the original show. And I'm going to just throw it out there. I was not disappointed i enjoyed this um i'm curious as to what you guys felt how how did how did you do you have any recollection of the original show does anybody have any experience with that or is it just me the old guy in the room this is a tough question for me to answer because i don't want to get hate mail what do you mean but i never i never saw the original me either and that's that's (laughs) salute that's fine thank you I'm certain I've seen the original, but I, uh, like you, remember nothing about it other than the basic premise. Right. Um, I remember Scott Bakula. I remember he would wake up as different people. But mm-hmm. outside of that, that's like, that's it. That's it. I got nothing. I mean, he used to say, oh boy, a lot. God bless you. Me. I expected the oh boy and I didn't get it. Which was mildly disconcerting, but it's fine. <laughs> They're doing their own thing. Um what I do like about this show is that they are they are tying it to the original. Like they're not re- they're not remaking it. This is a continuation it's, of it's that the show. Time travel project. Yes. Um, they in the original show they really didn't understand how it worked or what was going to happen or that was the thing. Like it just continued. They still don't know how it works or how it's going to progress or where he's going to go. Like, so it's. That was maybe the thing that I appreciated the most was that they acknowledged that the original premise doesn't make a whole lot of fucking sense. Oh, yeah. They're like, how does helping somebody trigger a leap? Okay, let's (laughs) do this. We don't know. It just does. And that's and and like at one point in time. Angela and I were sitting and rewatching it. She asked something and I went, all right, you just have to like, you have to negate time travel thought. Like, yes. I literally was like, are there no repercussions to changing the timeline here? There are. But if he goes along the, the designated Ziggy route, it's going to end up better or not. Cause he didn't fall shit for Ziggy. Well, that's the thing he did. He, he 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 progressed and then he did what he needed what he felt he needed to do and that was always the get like it was him as a character that let led his heart and his 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 determination that's what was the the crux of the original show oh so ziggy's irrelevant got it no ziggy comes up with all of the information apparently you did not like this show and that's fine just say it <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Somebody has has really been deprived of sugar. I actually quite liked this show. Um, Do you need a Do you need a Snickers? I do. You are supposed to mail that to me. Um, That's checks in the mail, buddy. (laughs) I emailed that Snickers to you. 
<laughs> you will have a digital Snickers and I'm just kidding. Damn it. I don't I don't have that power. Um how so did you guys it was you guys only watched the first episode? Yes, indeed. Yep. Because we watched it last night. Okay. So what I so the mysterious character that's in this show is Al's daughter. Al was the hologram from the original show. He was the interpreter. So he had a hologram that followed him around the original show too? Yes. Al. Okay. See, I don't remember that at all. Um, He was Dean, uh, Dean St- I want to say Stanton. Hold on. Yes. Dean Stockwell. Dean, St- Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, mm-hmm. di- as, a, as a real person, died last year. And that's when they started rolling that storyline in so that the daughter is now working in some way, shape, or form with this project. So that's like this first episode was actually dedicated to Dean Stockwell. Um, Yeah, I saw that at the end, yeah. And assumed that was somebody that had something to do with the original show. Right. So the original show, there was, I don't know what they're going to do with this one, but like the original show, like when the doctor when when sam leapt into a new into a a, a person that person went into the waiting room and al who is the dean stockwell character he would interact with that person to get information and whatnot like right now in in this show so far they are just explaining that ziggy is a supercomputer that processes every possible likelihood of things to happen and then just gives percentages of what the right outcome is now that was also part of the original show but they also had the human factor of being able to talk to the person that was leapt into um this episode was about him leaping into a gentleman that was part of this robbery and you think it's because he's trying to protect himself but or protect the guy or just it's very it's never a straight line from a to b with this show and it always progresses and it shows how character driven the stories are. So it's, it's sticking with that premise. It's, it's doing that again because that's how the original show was. The, I I am pleasantly surprised. Like I didn't know how I would feel about the, um, the Raymond Lee, like the, the Ben song, like the only thing we've seen him in or I've seen him in is like one episode of that Kevin can fuck himself show where he was. That's right. I was wondering where I remembered this guy from. He played like the the restaurant owner. And I was like, Hmm, I don't know. I've never seen him in anything else. I thought he did a really good job. Like I've, I've like, he is, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing for this character. At least for me. What are you guys how do you how do you feel that, that that as someone as people that don't know as much about it how did, how did he do for you? Oh, I think he's lovely. Uh, he's <laughs> he's doing a good job. Uh, yeah, I feel like we maybe watched more of that Kevin can fuck himself show than you did because I feel like I seen yeah more we than saw one him episode. a couple of times. Um, and I like him a lot. Okay, yeah, I think um, he's great. And I thought he was great in this. Okay, and I thought the show was really good. I mean, I thought the. Uh, Karen and I were both rolling our eyes pretty hard at the dialogue in the beginning of the first of the first episode. The, it was like the speech at the wedding about particles entangling, and I'm never going to let you get a 
go away. Like, oh, come on. Yeah, they were it really was a little heavy. Like, I know it's a pilot, but <laughs> Jesus. Really breaking out the ham and the cliches, like just, just getting it all just in a there. Ham and cliche, cliche sandwich. It was a ham and cliche sandwich. Oh, now you got to um, change the title on the card, sir. That's <laughs> the title. We're dropping the episode titles. I don't know if that's better. We've, we've got, that's, oh, man. It's a ham and cliche sandwich. Uh, but outside of that, though, it was like, yeah, it was a very enjoyable uh, experience, and I thought I thought he did a great job too. Yeah, um, the the supporting cast was great. I was kind of pleasantly surprised. There were more in this show. There's more of a supporting cast than in the original. Um, in the original, it was just Al, which I guess that would be the Addison person, his his fiance. Um, where she is the the hologram that keeps popping in, but back in, I mean this this show starts in 2022. So back in 2022, there's a whole cast of characters that are trying to figure out what to do to help him get back home, and they're great. Each one of them is doing a great job. They're playing their 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 parts very well. Um, I do like the fact that Ernie Hudson's name is Magic. I don't know why. But I'm like, I just love him. I'm so happy he's in Yeah, this Ernie show. Hudson's great. Although I will say that Lucifer being there, I'm sorry, I can't trust that actor now. So is that <laughs> what's it? A uh, Sandman didn't have the most profound effect on me, but I don't think I've ever seen that that person. Uh, Mason Alexander Park, the the the, the, the non-binary yeah. fella. Yeah, uh, I I've I've not seen them in anything else, but uh, in. Uh, <laughs> They're just loose. Uh, not Lucifer. It was uh, what's what? We, what were they? Desire. Desire. Yeah. Desire. Uh, like the least trustworthy character on that show, and that's like <laughs> saying oh, something. Oh boy, I don't trust this person now. <laughs> I think it's it's because of uh, uh of Sandman. I'm just every time notions. they're on screen, I'm like they're up to something. Their eyes are gonna glow yellow, and something's gonna go wrong. You know, it, it, it's. I like so I've seen a couple of episodes past this and I like that character a lot because um their I don't want to say their story arc like their responsibility is like tremendous because they're the they're the computer geek and this whole thing runs on computer science like you have the 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 tough you know the the the, the special forces looking security woman and like okay there's really nobody attacking like the science lab so all right there's that there's the love interest which is the, the addison character and i think even though it was what was that ham and cheesy sandwich relationship and stuff cliche yeah <laughs> like i like i feel there's chemistry between them and as the show progresses, there's there's more. Um, a, a part about, I don't recall this being in the original show, but the fact that he loses his memory, I think is a neat little touch so that they can figure things out. Like he can't just, because he is the scientist part of it, because that's not, like he can't just say, okay, you have to go back and do all this, this, and this, and get me home. Like, or he can't just blurt out what his plan is. Like, I feel that that leads a, you know, that adds a little bit of mystery to it, which is which is fun. I mean, it's not just the episode or the the situation that the episode is taking place. There's a larger story behind it, 
and it just gets deeper and deeper with uh, Al's family and so on and so forth. So, but what did you think, hon? I liked it. I want, that's why I asked like how you've been enjoying it or if you were enjoying it, because that's something I'd like to watch more of. And I feel like I don't really know what's on our, our list of things we need to watch, but this is one that I'd like to, I'd like to see more of. So whether we have to watch it separately and just talk about it, or we can watch some of it together, I'd like to, cause I really enjoyed it and I need to do better than step up. <laughs> do you- <laughs> <laughs> and you know not for nothing the acting per like the i don't want to say the acting because they're even though it's it's cheesy their acting is good it's what they're being told to say is kind of rough at points um it gets better like the dialogue gets better and and there's a lot I of know, watch a pilot episode yeah it's 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 there's always something very heartfelt in each of the episodes that like I, I watched at least three of them and I was like one of them was like damn that was that was a heavy brotherly moment like that made me feel things in a show that I really shouldn't be feeling like like things like this should be a fun kind of thing but they I, I'm very surprised pleasantly surprised at how well that how reverent they're taking this and 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 being with it so well I'm glad it worked out you know what <laughs> I didn't realize this but as I looked up Season one, episode one on IMDb. The director's name was Thor. Thor Frudenthal. Like that is a hell of a name right there. Um That's great. <laughs> in in this episode, we we are introduced to all of the main cast um and teased about the bad guy. Um that cast stays primarily the same and then every episode we get more supporting cast because ben is thrust into another situation and in the three episodes that i've watched all very good acting like surprisingly good stuff going on like (laughs) i like how the setup for the second episode was i'm in space (laughs) didn't see that coming and that's and that's like so Next episode, space, and spoiler: there's another episode after that. Um, what? He's he's a a boxer in one of them. So like every time he's put in a situation, so like they didn't really touch upon it too much in this one. This one is really him figuring out the ins and outs of time travel. In the next episodes, like he figures out what he can do as Ben. And what he can do as the other character. So, like, there's one, you know, they were talking about him being inhabiting the body of a boxer. Like, granted, he's not the most physically fit guy, but he's now in the body of a boxer. So, if he has to box someone, they're not going to feel Ben hitting him. They're going to feel the dude that he's inhabiting hitting him. So, he just has to figure out how to make that work. And, like, the, how they manipulate the situation just, like, it plays as long as you negate the, the shit is affecting all of time. <laughs> like, that's the git about time travel. You just have to say, yeah, that's okay. It's it's fine. It, it's all going to work wibbly, out in the wibbly, end. Probably timey-wimey. Yeah. My question mm-hmm. is, uh, in these other couple episodes that you saw, does he keep going to the 80s? No. Damn. Because, man, the soundtrack, soundtrack on this episode was great. So, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. That, oh, except for that one 
that one cue where mm. they use like two seconds of a really good song and it was then like, cuts well, commercial. Take on me yeah. or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, it was just like it was absolutely criminal use of that music cue, and then <laughs> that cut was probably away the most it, expensive like... piece of music that they used. Though. <laughs> oh my god, it was like you you not gonna don't I almost well, don't paused. Give me two and then seconds. Turned on the song that just listened to it. It was like musical blue balls. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I realized that the musical cues on the second watching, um, where it just like I was watching it more for you know just remembrance and, and whatnot. I it didn't really hit me the first time through, but I figured that they did such a good job with the first one that it would continue in in the the, the following episodes. Um, so one of them was right around the end of Vietnam, and the the space one was in the nineties. I want to say. Um, I guess we have to watch if we want to find out. They're all like they they tie into historical points. Like it's it makes sense. It's not just Bob. So um, yeah, yeah. It, Bob it, Genghis Khan. Yeah, Robert <laughs> Genghis Khan. Okay. Um, I I was so I was so happy when like I watched this I was like okay, and I'm I'm like my 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 heart my soul and my gut are telling me that I'm going to see Bacula again in the show at some point in time like he's not Dracula he, he will be Bacula <laughs> no now you're just stretching too late the, the Smacula <laughs> sorry the Brennan Flaw song it's, it's about Castlevania. Doesn't um, he said he's not involved in this in any way? I mean, not that that means anything. Well, I, and it's he's not. I don't think he has anything to do with the creation of the show, but his face shows up in it a bunch because they keep referencing him and like they show pictures of him. Um, I mean, I I'm like I'm like my the, he the, the character Ben leapt and screwed everything up because it wasn't supposed to be him. He was supposed to be the hologram and Addison was supposed to be the leaper. Um, I'm like my, my, I'm guessing that he is literally going to go find Sam. Like he has a plan to go find Sam. He just doesn't, he can't relay it yet. And as the episodes progress, you get bits and pieces of what the plan is, but it's not coming from Ben. It's coming from everybody else. Like, sort of figuring out the computer aspects of everything and what code he uploaded and so on and so forth. So, You know, just to go back to the acting for a second, there was a moment um, that really struck me mm -hmm. uh, when he was at the engagement party mm -hmm. and they just did the toast and like whatever. And then she was like, oh, I got to go talk to some more people, but let's like disappear in half an hour and go drink some bourbon and mm -hmm. make out. Um, and then he got a text or a phone call or like 18 texts. Mm -hmm. Um, and the camera just closed in on his expression and you watched him watch her walk away and like the meaning of what was going to have to happen next and everything that that meant about his life crossed his face in the space of like three seconds Mm -hmm. And I, that was very impressive to me. And you know, and it on, a, I'm glad on, you brought it up. Cause I was thinking the same thing on rewatch. Like it, you, it's even more 
powerful because like when you see it the first time through, like it's like wow, that's that's but now it you're, you you see his reaction because that is a really pivotal point in their story. And you don't know how pivotal until you watch the rest of the the show and it you know unfolds deeper and whatnot. But like you're absolutely right. Like his expression spoke volumes. So I'm glad that you guys liked it. I, re- I really am. I, I'm. It's nice to have a. It's like a feel good show. Like it's it's fun and is you know he's entertaining. The whole cast is doing a great job. So. Yay. So uh, I just want to clarify a little something here. This is uh, from Scott Bakula's Twitter account on September 15th of this year. To Quantum Leaf fans around the world, in an effort to quiet the rumors and move on, first of all, thanks for hanging around through the decades. Here's the simple version of what's going on with the Quantum Leap reboot and me. I have no connection with the new show, either in front of the camera or behind it. In January, the pilot was sold and a script was sent to me because the character of Sam Beckett was in it, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. As so many of you have been asking me the last several months, how could you do Quantum Leap without Sam, or Al for that matter? Well, I guess we're about to find out. That's the story. As the show has always been near and dear to my heart, it was a very difficult decision to pass on the project, a decision that has upset and confused so many fans of the original series. However, the idea of anyone leaping around in time and walking a mile in someone else's shoes remains a very appealing concept and so worthy of exploration, especially given the current state of mankind. In that spirit, I am crossing my fingers that this new cast and crew are lucky enough to tap into the magic that propelled the original Quantum Leap into the hearts and minds of generations past and present. I wish them good luck and happy leaping. Translation. At some point, they are going to throw a dump truck of money. (laughs) They're going to back up a truck to my house. (laughs) At this man. If this is successful, watch watch for me in season two. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm I'm so... I really feel like the like that's the point of the show. And at one point in time, in the next couple of episodes, they explain, well, it's going to take X amount of time to get that. Like, it could be, you know, like a, a, a Chuck kind of situation where four seasons down the line, we find out who his dad is. And that's right. That's Scott fucking Bakula. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't have, I don't, feel like at some point in time ben and sam are going to go leaping together (laughs) like you know it's not going to be that kind of situation no Uh, he could totally do a cameo and be like oh they they found me finally okay like now i have a happy ending and they move on with the project and whatever they've learned Mm -hmm. that's i i would love to see that because i also like scott bakula i think he's a he's a true treasure (sighs) yay all right, that's a win. I, I'll take that as a win. I'm glad you guys liked it. We had a good time with that show. I it's a new show for us to watch too, because we don't really have anything on the docket, hun. Now that I'm thinking about it, like there's nothing that we're. I mean, well, there's stuff that we haven't watched that's been out, and it's just a matter of getting to it. Well, I mean, we're behind on rookie, mm-hmm. and I don't, I can't for some for the life of me, we can't get through the boys, no matter how hard we try. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And there's the rookie spinoff, which will be. Will, I I'm. I already said I was not. Interested. I'm acquiring it, but I'm not watching that. I did not like that character at all on that show. So I'll get it maybe at some point in time if there's another crossover or whatnot, and I have to watch that kind of thing. I know. I'm like maybe I'll watch a episode. Ugh. 
<laughs> yeah, we still haven't watched the finished the Umbrella Academy. But like, we are so far behind on things. Like, it's all right. They're talking about what we're not Anywho. watching. We'll get to all it. right. So, all right, that's it. That was that was Quantum Leap. That's a thumbs up from everybody. Please go and check that out. Uh, give it the support and love that it deserves. Um, Chris, it Yo. is time for the spiel. It is time to let you know that this week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you, and you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord, where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the official Geekade channels or the more specific Twepcast accounts, and of course, the four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? They can find me at STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Etsy. Angie, where can people find you? Everywhere. <laughs> uh, my, I'm trying to think. My website. Yeah, we'll do that one today. AngelaFernot.com. <laughs> Sweet. And Evan, where can people find you? Uh, TalesOfCapeFear.com. Outstanding. If you need to know more information about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available wherever fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave reviews because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on Geekade for more fresh original content, and I really need to add something about our Patreon in this spiel for next month's episode. But in the meantime... Patreon. Go check out the Patreon. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's an ad in the middle of the show for our Patreon, and we do uh, early releases. Um, at some point in time, we're going to start doing bonus content. Um, I had it. I, I had some bonus content from SAG that was taking me a little bit longer to edit than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous about it, so I'm really doing a good editing. So, um, but yeah, please check that out. Um, and support us because we we really love doing this and we want to we we're not looking to, to you know <laughs> get rich we're just looking to break even <laughs> we're trying Yay. to keep the lights on at the site uh-huh oh all right uh what did i say i said it was chris's turn right i did i did you the did. math <laughs> so chris uh-huh. what is our homework Andor, Cassie and Andor. <laughs> yeah, we're going to watch Andor. Uh, so Andor's uh, last episode of this season, I, I guess I got to ask. So the last episode of the season is on uh, November 23rd. Do, uh, should I say, I would like to talk about the season like we did with Moon Knight, or would you prefer if I just pick an episode? How many episodes are there? I'm um, trying to get back to that IMDb page because it just keeps, I'll go to my just IMDb keeps page. floating around. Or twenty twenty two. I think it's twelve. Nope, we'll do an episode. <laughs> like oh yeah, no, it's a yeah, it's twelve episodes. All right, so you want me to pick one episode? Yeah, yeah. Well, for now, I'm gonna say uh, the episode will be uh, season one, episode six, the Eye. Unless, of course, a better episode comes along in the next four. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, we got four episodes left, and 
this show has been going pretty ding dang strong. But uh, oh thus far, if I were if I were to talk about one episode, it would be the eye. So let's tentatively say season one, episode six, the eye of Andor uh, will be our uh, homework, unless I call an audible, and it will be one of the remaining episodes. I'll... But I think it's going to be the eye. <laughs> Okay, everybody, there's your homework, sort of. Star Wars Andor Season 1, Episode 6, The Eye. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of this week's episode. I'm Evan. I'm Angie. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Bacula. <laughs> to lay the smackula. <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.